Jacob and we're joined by a, a packed crew, if I say so myself. We got Owen, Nate, Evan, Sam, and Jacob all joining us. Uh, I feel like it's been a while since our first six-person crew, at least from the start, without people joining and leaving. Yeah, and at least we yeah. don't have everybody packed around a kitchen table with one microphone in the middle. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Those went great. <laughs> while, we're, while we're banging on the table. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and people are having side conversations. Exactly, yeah. And and Jacob Latour peeing in the bathroom right next to where the mic's right. Hey, hey. And, Evan, was, and, and Evan, Evan in the kitchen cooking and banging pots and pans. Just look at our Me earlier being... episodes. Oh yeah. man. There's one of the episodes. I'm gonna let you guys figure out which one it is, where I was actively hung over in oh, the yeah. episode oh, yeah. and left at one point to go dry heave in the bathroom. I don't remember exactly that. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I remember you acknowledge it the, the next episode. <laughs> like, oh, did I? Know. Okay, there you go. So, yep, now you know. <laughs> yeah, that's our, our living our living journal uh diary almost of uh of our you know, senior year of college. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Different times. And beyond. <laughs> All right. Well, so it was my turn to come up with a topic for this week. And I wanted to try to think of something that would be fun and lighthearted, considering, you know, we just talked about how we decide our value. And, and we talked of, I don't remember what else we talked about conspiracy theories. I have a short term memory. But it's all this serious stuff that just makes me super existential. So I was like, all right, I'll think of something uh, super lighthearted uh, just so we can, you know, get our, our energy back after these existential conversations. Uh, and then some Mandalorian stuff happened in the middle of the week. Uh, how many of you have watched The Mandalorian out of curiosity? I've watched I, the second uh, season. Yeah, I've watched all of it. You, how I, have we not I'm, talked uh, about that? I'm early into the second season. So, and I know, Sam, you mentioned that you've only seen headlines about this, but uh, yeah. earlier this week, so Gina Carano, uh, formerly, she was WWE, or not, she was UFC, not wrestling, right? Yeah, she was a MMA fighter. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. So she played Cara Dune on The Mandalorian uh, for, I think she was in like five episodes. Uh, she was recently fired by Disney uh because she said some how do i put this lightly not great stuff mm -hmm. uh specifically uh i mean throughout the past however many years she said a lot of racist or transphobic stuff uh clearly uh, dare i say i mean not dare i say she was like talking anti-vax and anti-mask and stuff like that really openly Yikes. and so for a while uh, there is a uh, a lot of fans of the Mandalorian trying to be like, hey, hey, Disney, what if we just get rid of her? She's not that great of an actor anyways. Um, but what finally broke the camel's back is uh, about a week ago at this point when she posted on Instagram about how it's 
as hard now for Trump supporters as it was for Jewish people during the Holocaust. Uh, And so Disney was like, hey, uh, don't do that. And and fired her. And so it kind of brought up a lot of things about about cancel culture just in Mm. society today. So I wanted to talk about that this week. Not as lighthearted as I was hoping, but it's it's hard to avoid talking about cancel culture nowadays. Uh, mm. And so, mm-hmm. just just to get us started, uh, basically a day after, I think it was a day after uh, she got fired, she announced that she had signed on for a new film project with Ben Shapiro and the Daily Wire, which I don't know <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> what that entails. I thought you were going to of... say she was a going to be a, a journalist for Fox News. But, uh, <laughs> either, either way, it's, it's good stuff. Yeah. So, oh I mean, goodness. yeah. So it's just interesting because, like, we talk about these people who are, quote-unquote, canceled, but in cases like these, especially in cancellations that are somewhat politically charged um it's it's just she gets fired but then she just goes right back to work uh and perhaps has even more of a voice because now she has people paying attention to her and there's this quote that i pulled uh i don't know i got this from the hollywood reporter i don't know where she posted originally it might have been on instagram following her uh firing but she said, I have only just begun using my voice, which is now freer than ever before. And I hope it inspires others to do the same. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. she was canceled and fired from the Mandalorian. But was she really canceled? Yeah. Well, uh, she wasn't canceled from like the Fox News Ben Shapiro listener, right? They- sure. I mean, then maybe they know more of her more now, but I think that's kind of like uh, that's 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 the change to to cancel culture that has happened in the past, like say five years under Trump, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, I think, cancel culture used to be. I especially I remember like people getting like cancel Colbert uh, trending on Twitter, which was kind of like a joke, I think, um, in a way. But right. Um, uh, or at least some people thought it was a joke, but I think <laughs> it used to be that like we thought that the mainstream uh, political and or social opinion of America was a lot more uh, progressively minded than it was. And mm-hmm. so when people got canceled, there was no like like Fox News existed, but even five years ago, they weren't as bad as they are now. Um I mean, they were still stoking the fire and you know, building the snowball that they are now being crushed by, which, you know, sucks to suck. But um, <laughs> I think, yeah, I think honestly it's different now because because of like these alternative platforms, which are getting so much uh, so much traffic. And now it's like more than ever, you don't have to listen to anything that you don't agree with. Um, and so if Disney, which... I think wants to be for it, quote unquote, everybody um, decides, you know what, if you're going to say inflammatory racist remarks like that, then you're off the team, which fair enough to Disney. I mean, they clearly don't want the bad press and they, there's a lot of money in the Mandalorian. So 
But uh, I think, honestly, nowadays when that happens, it's like, well, you just change your audience. Um, and now you're just talking to the Fox News Ben Shapiro viewer slash listener. And that's a lot of people. Uh, and that's yeah, and that's, a lot of I mean, that's at least 73 million or however many, what you know, we know that much that yeah. voted for Trump, right? Um, and probably a lot more. So. Well, we we can't we can't say we can't say all Trump voters you know completely believe in everything that the right wingers the like the Ben Shapiro and, and people like that say right. I mean, Cam, yep. is it safe for us to say that all Trump voters are in that category? I guess I'm not. okay saying guess not. that. Like, I'm completely okay with yeah putting everyone in that category, but that's that's half of America, or half of voting America, right? Right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, uh, that's that's a tough thing. But I think I think that that my my main point is basically just that it used to be I feel like it used to be that the cancel culture was that you're canceling it from the one culture of, you know, American culture. You're canceling something from American culture. Um, But now it seems to be more like, uh, well, now you don't get to pretend that you're apolitical you know now you you just your audience is now a politically based one that that and and i completely agree with that but i also want to add that i think previous uh, previous celebrities and previous people who have been sort of canceled uh, before this you know era not era but before this uh, most recent uh time have been uh people who either you know uh raped people or or people who uh, molested children you know like these were problems that weren't partisan problems right but now cancel culture has now turned to uh uh somebody saying that was racist and then uh, do like the difference between uh an exposure of of uh, a rape or an exposure of a racist moment that a left or a right could deem different, right? So that's the difference that we're seeing now. So what was so like Harvey Weinstein before, R. Kelly before? Um, what was that comedian's name? I mean, there's tons of them out Louis there that C. have been canceled for the right reasons. Crosby, right? Mm-hmm. All these people Crosby. that have been canceled Crosby, yeah. for the reasons that neither side, right or left, if it's political, can say like actually you're not canceled. But now we're getting to a point where it's com- almost completely politicized, right? Yeah, that's something I, I want to bring up uh, because when you talk about the Me Too era, uh, there were a lot of maybe a, a, some sincere apologies, uh, mm-hmm. but a lot more insincere boilerplate, like, I'm sorry you took it that way and things like that. But with this... Right, and, or and, legal and, statements. Exactly. Right, and, right. and so with this more recently, uh, with things like, uh, with people like Gina Carano, it's it's not that they're apologizing and trying to learn from their actions, uh, which is the goal of anybody who is quote-unquote canceled, is we hope that they're able to learn from their mistakes and become a better person out of it. They double down now instead. Mm-hmm. And so, Evan, mm-hmm. I, I want to... Uh, move this to you i want to ask you do you think there is a better way uh of quote-unquote canceling someone uh because right now canceling just means separation 
without anyone learning anything. Like we're just becoming more separated without anyone learning anything. And so is there a better way to do this than just a tweet tweeting campaign and then they're fired? God knows. I, yeah, it's, that's, that's, that's kind of my issue maybe with using a blanket statement like, Oh, well, all Trump voters then should be canceled because that's half of America. Right. Sure. Right. And so to separate yourself from that large of the population is um, it's just going to like further polarize us. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we talk about like communities that, sh- that we should be spending the time supporting, it should be um, uh, either disadvantaged or uh, people, people that are moving into, in, into this country. Like we shouldn't always have to be like trying to uh, compromise with uh, people that have a lot of power in this country or, um, have the ability to educate themselves, but continue to not time and time again to choose to. So if there's a better way to do it, I would love to take the really maybe naive approach and to come at it like uh, kind of like a way that I was talking about with the conspiracy theories and that you would sit down and have a conversation about it hmm. um, and try to reach them more on a human level and try to take down barriers you know yada 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 and try to make it more of a learning experience than actually separating the person Hmm. at this point i am not i mean look honestly i'm always going to believe in that but at this point now if we want to just keep it in the political realm for a second it's been five years and if you voted for him again yeah after saying all this it is difficult for me to find a way to be sympathetic to that now if that's if like if you voted for that because you really felt that the promises that his campaign made were going to better you and your family and your community mm-hmm. because you felt like you weren't supported by the government on a whole okay i can somehow sympathize with that but if then that then leads to direct attacks on others and other people's rights yeah i can't be sympathetic towards that i really can't mm-hmm. yeah Hello? yeah i think also the original premise of cancel culture was that I part of what you're saying Jacob is that people will learn from it uh, or mm-hmm. that's the goal and I think the original critics and I kind of I remember feeling this way as well is that original critics of cancel culture the people who said like this is a bad habit like we're gonna regret this I think part of that criticism was that it would become a political weapon you know right. similar to like it would just become part of the political kind of gamesmanship that goes on in this country. Um, and I think it kind of, it's become that way. Cause now, yeah, it's now just part of, I mean, now politics is everything too. Right. So I think it's just, it's become swallowed up by it. Yeah. A, a lot of this dances around the edges of a sort of fundamental difficulty that runs through more and more things today, which seems to be the, difficult problem of, of how do you bring someone to the table to have a discussion from which both sides can learn and evolve and as somebody put it earlier become better people for gaining that perspective and getting someone to come to the table and have that conversation who has no interest in doing that is the grand difficulty yeah i was going to say there was there was a time i think what the actual cancel culture started maybe five or seven or some something like that years ago right 
uh, at least in mainstream media. And then after a couple of years, it was like, well, actually, we shouldn't cancel people. We shouldn't cancel groups. We should try to try to figure out a different way because canceling doesn't help. Right. Because we noticed as soon as we canceled, it became a partisan issue. And uh, it seemed as though the left was canceling more people on the right. And then the right had a bigger audience to then gripe about freedom of like stuff like that. Right. Mm hmm. Uh, and then more recently, it's come back into play. Uh, and I think it's primarily just because of how polarized our country is becoming and continuing to, to become in that it's it's almost as though if if somebody on, on the left doesn't cancel someone for their actions, then they are now a sympathizer towards those actions. Right. Right. And it further divides us, which is which is uh, just a tricky and very hard situation to be in absolutely and that's a similar thing runs through like the impeachment votes where you know the senate's not going to convict but how can you stand by and not take formal objection to what has been done and stand up and say something about it even if it goes nowhere mm. yep yep and and this is my own um my, the own my own opinion on the whole impeachment process, but uh, in watching the second impeachment process, phenomenal display uh, of, on the um, on the side to uh, say Trump should be impeached. Right? I think the amount of evidence and stuff is there. Insurmountable. In yeah, but in in the back of my head, I'm thinking this. There's no point in having this trial because the, there's just. The premise uh, that the, exactly and and the, and the entire the Senate isn't going to they're just not going to because they think it's unconstitutional to have it after uh, the president has left the office. Like the that one sentence is the entire reason, at least from my understanding, of why he was uh, why he was acquitted, just because he wasn't in office. That was the excuse. sort of the. Right, the reason you can hide behind. And that one sentence after several days of showing the most influential graphic and, and um, data and all of this stuff that was just, oh, I don't know. It, 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 I, I need to meet myself here for a second because it's just overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think, well, that impeachment trial was a difficult exercise in kind of the, the more social version of what we're talking about with cancel culture, right? I mean, that was the the fact that politics is the game that we all now play all the time. I think there was a time, and, you know, maybe this is naive since, you know, I never lived during... I have I have not lived in any other time but now. Um, <laughs> but um, well I think prob probably... Uh, and actually, I think there's evidence for this, but that... Um, Politics has become more and more part of everyday life where it once was mm -hmm. kind of an aspect that, you know, only only cropped up uh, in election years or with big issues and that largely uh, people did not find it as part of their lives. Like people didn't base who, you know, who they're friends with or who you know, what shows they watch right. uh, or what actors they employ based off of their political opinions. Um, and, you know, for good or worse, some of that allowed people, you know, who were 
horrible monsters to work in the industry. Um, but and shape you know, the industry and form the industry right. and probably be one of the causes for why we're in such a difficult position here. Right. Uh, currently. Right. Something yeah. I think is, is, uh, but I don't know if, and maybe, maybe that, uh, negative outweighs the positives of having a more free and open, uh, social culture, uh, and that didn't, didn't care as much about politics. Uh, maybe that's the price you pay is that you end up letting uh, people slip through who should not be, um, you know, who, who are who are who are people who hurt other people, you know. Um, but I, I, I'm not sure. I, there's not a clear answer to me there. No, um, as soon, well, as soon as you say that those people aren't allowed to to have the same avenues, now you're encroaching on their their uh, um, their amendment, their freedom of speech. That's the problem. Is that you're either you're either uh, you're you're either allowed to say whatever you want to say, uh, and yeah. get canceled by the the left, uh, or you can be uh, as you can sympathize, you can be empathetic, you can be somebody who. Okay, now I'm going off the rails. But do you understand what I'm trying to say, though? Don't go yeah. off the rails, Nate. Yeah, that's the problem. And, sure. and I hate yeah. to bring this up, yeah. especially now, but you, you're talking about how we are allowing certain people into an industry and to shape an industry. And although he just passed away, Rush Limbaugh was the person who, who was so, so damaging for years yeah. on public radio. Yeah. Right? Well, that's, I mean... Uh, that that is also the change in the recent years, and part of that political game is that now the right has a social media culture. Whereas, I mean, I think this is still the truth, but mainstream media is just largely dominated by progressive thinking, generally liberal-minded people. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's probably just a product of the kind of people who are interested in media arts um or just maybe it's just the culture that is always there um and maybe honestly maybe that's even naive to say because maybe you know like when john wayne was making cowboy movies maybe uh hollywood wasn't so liberal but uh, i don't know um but i think i think in, at least that has changed in my lifetime which is that it used to be like you know, there was mainstream culture and that was leftward leaning. Um, and then, yeah. you know, there was private culture, traditional culture, which was right leaning. But right. now with Ben Shapiro and the Daily Wire and Fox News and Rush Limbaugh in the past 20 years of kind of blasting of this right wing media stuff, now there is a different audience. Sure. Um, mm -hmm. That didn't exist maybe 20 years ago. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, was, that's the tricky thing about the these more recent cancellations is is the political implications of it. But I I have another example I want to uh, talk about that it kind of heads more towards the uh, artistic side of it. Uh, so there was a game announced uh, back in o October, I believe it was October twenty twenty, called Hogwarts Legacy, uh, and it's made by. Uh, a studio called a game studio called Avalanche Studios. I believe they're based in Colorado. Uh, they're making this. It looks like a really cool open world uh, 
Harry Potter game where you're just a student at Hogwarts and and doing all these things. Uh, and it's it's scheduled to come out in 2022. The problem there is J.K. Rowling exists. And she, if if you're unaware, and, and I'll, I'll just say this quickly, you can look it up rather easily, but she has a history of saying some transphobic, uh, I believe she, uh, also some racist things. Mm-hmm. And so that that's kind of the moral quandary with this instance is this is a game made by hundreds of people who just want to make a cool Harry Potter game. But it's all based off of the back of someone who has contributed so much hate and like hateful speech into the world. And so, Jacob, I want to direct this to you. It's kind of the age old example of the question. Can you separate the art from the artist? Yes, (laughs) (laughs) I I think you you definitely can separate the art from the artist. Uh, Now, I, I mean, reading all of Harry Potter's works all right sorry jk rowling's works and all of harry potter that's an i think an important part for most of our lives because we all grew up reading those stories and 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 watching the movies from that and i don't i don't know uh, this is question for all of you guys but within the stories is there i don't know this myself but is there um controversial ideas inside of it Here's one for you, right off the bat. I think there was maybe one or two uh, people from Asian descent, maybe Chinese, and that one person's name was Cho Chang. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nate, I was just mm-hmm. looking up that up. Yeah, that was just what I was thinking. And of. that's the first thing that pops into my head because there's there's one person, uh, and that's that's their name. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's others hidden in there. There's a there's one example I can I can think of where the bankers of the Harry Potter universe are heavily oh, yeah. uh, depicted as uh, like kind of Jewish stereotypes, but are yeah. goblins. Goblins. Um, they have like big noses. They have the uh, it, it's yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hidden and it's kind of um, implicit in in many ways, but it's there. Hmm. Yeah. But for, well, for me, think the, the work that she had done before that, so like all of her Harry Potter books, I hadn't heard anything that she had done which was controversial until many years after she had written those books. Yeah. And so, I, 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 Jacob, I think that's more of the question you're you're asking. And I, but it is it is very difficult because Juan, on one hand. These Harry Potter books are super important to my my childhood, and yeah, it's 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 hard because you, I I love those books and I I grew up with them, but it's can't also support the person now that that came from that. But it's hard because like the the I would totally play that Harry Potter game because while it's the source material is from her, it's it's completely their own project it's not a reflection of who she is as a person it's these completely different people and it's not a reflection of her values sure do we know does she get does she get any profit from this game Uh, i don't yeah probably she they have said that she 
has no direct involvement with this game, but you have to imagine just the fact that it's using the Harry Potter license, she's going to get something from it. from it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, one of the, the things that I was actually looking at was uh, was James Gunn. Hmm. Yes. Just just because how um, I, I do think a negative part of cancel culture is Owen and I have talked about this a couple times that our society in general has become much more sensitive in that we're not allowed to have these open discussions. And Sam alludes to that, that it's, it's we, we can't sit down with other people and feel open and um, feel safe to have these controversial discussions and discourse. And James Gunn is an example of, of having a safe discourse, but more of uh, with cancel culture, it's it's not allowing people to redeem themselves, to, to grow from um, their past their past actions. They're, and I, don't know, I, I just I don't like that aspect that it's not it's not a society where it's encouraged to for a person to to learn and to grow sure yeah and i I think if if you're not familiar with the james gunn situation uh james gunn directed uh both guardians movies uh is directing the third and and suicide squad and has done other things beyond that and with his situation in particular it is interesting because and and correct me if i'm wrong but this is my understanding he made Mm -hmm. uh bad jokes at the expense of of uh gay people i believe uh and and tweeted them and i believe this was the late 2000s or or i guess it must have been early early 2010s uh because Mm -hmm. twitter probably wasn't around by that back then and then subsequently apologized for those Mm -hmm. and then years later this was probably 2018 at this point uh where uh james gunn said something left-leaning on twitter and so an anonymous right-wing person just trudged up these old tweets and brought them back up. And so then uh, he was back in the spotlight for that reason years later, having, you know, if, if based off of his work, seems to have grown in that regard. Uh, mm-hmm. And then he was fired after that. And it should be noted that he was then rehired uh, af- after s- some prodding. But it is interesting that... Uh, I mean, one, it, it's just the, the publicness of, of social media that all this stuff is out there for someone to find. But mostly it, it's the fact that you can have said these things years ago, grow as a person so that to the point where you acknowledge for years that what you said was wrong. And then it it just gets brought back up and and your career is dampened because of it. Not over because obviously he's still working now, but mm-hmm. yeah, that, that yeah. is an interesting point to bring up. Yeah, because uh, it was uh, Gunn had made these statements uh, criticizing Donald Trump, and the the pro Trump commentary was Mike Cer- uh, Cernovich, and Gunn had written these all the way in two thousand eight and two thousand twelve, and yeah, they're they're definitely these horrible topics that include things such as. Uh, it was jokes about rape, 9-11, uh, child abuse, and also pedophilia. So they're absolutely horrible. And right after he, he made those statements, you're right in that 
he he apologized publicly and throughout the years kept on apologizing. Can uh, I make a snarky comment here? Yeah. Always. So Jacob, you, you just you basically just said Jacob uh Jacob one or Jacob two. Uh, you basically said that uh when some people are canceled, um their career and everything drops and they lose their fan base and stuff like that. That only occurs uh it depends on how brainwashed and how loyal their fan base is. So sure. if we're gonna talk about Trump who in office has had so many things blow up and yet still is able to win 74 million votes at the next election. So cancel culture doesn't always work, right? Yeah. And and so uh, it's just interesting for it to work on some people and, and not to work on others, right? I What I was trying to say is it's, it's built purposely to just shame and not actually make a, a person reconcile with the wrongs that they have done. It, it seems yeah. like, I, yeah, it seems like cancel culture is, is a beneficial for its um, potential to make people think before they act. Right. Maybe. Right. Yeah. yeah. But uh, well, okay. Yeah. I think there, I think we should, point out though and i think this is what jacob was uh getting to um that there's two types of thinking before you act Mm -hmm. um one is um uh, maybe this is kind of hurtful and and maybe it's not as funny as i think it is and you know what i don't want to um i don't want to say something that will uh, cause somebody harm or, or that is, uh, you know, I don't actually believe this that much. Um, mm-hmm. And then the other kind of thinking before you speak or act is, ah, oh, shit, maybe somebody's going to get mad about this and then they're going to take away my movie rights or my job. Um, or, uh, or maybe they're going to, uh, you know, come after my, uh, book or whatever or whatever you know and uh um maybe it's best if i just stay under the radar and uh i'll just say this in private but i'm not, I'm not going to post it um and i think um both of those um come from cancel culture and the problem is um is the second one because that's where if you're not allowed to have a public discussion uh that allows people to grow then that means the only the only discussion where that you can have in public is where you get you know uh lambasted uh for your views um and so you end up what it ends up meaning is that people who think these things um or you know are happy to happy to say things that are inflammatory or or you know um are said you know what i'm not gonna say it i'll just keep it in my own head and i'll just talk i'll just say it when other people who agree with me are around me um and then you don't have that open conversation where uh you're fighting against ignorance um and you both hopefully learn something and then you end up maybe being more respectful next time because you never have that conversation in the first place because you think 
uh, I'm going to get uh, canceled. Um, and I think that's the, the problem, right? Um, that's the, that's the politicization, politicization. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, it's a tough question, uh, to answer because it's hard not to see some of these bad jokes or bad tweets and go, oh, that's, that's shitty. No, nobody should hear that or nobody should say that. Um, but at the same time, I think you have to risk those shitty statements in order to get to uh, more respectful discourse. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, easier, I, I... easier when you're not a celebrity, when you don't have a following. Like, for instance, right. if I said something mm-hmm. horrible on accident, I would hope that my friends and the people around me would come and say, you, you screwed up, Nate. Like you should not be saying that. And, mm-hmm. and I, like, I would hope that that conversation would happen. Unfortunately, that conversation doesn't happen for celebrities when they post things and, and do this and have stuff living online uh, from 10 years ago, because then the masses just attack and, uh, and then they've been in quotes canceled. Right. So that conversation mm-hmm. doesn't happen. Right. There, there are examples of this happening to normal people. I mean, there was that woman who, it, I honestly, it could be, a, it, I think it could be a, a lot worse, but I think she made a joke about getting on a flight to Africa and like, you know, something about like AIDS or I, I don't even remember what it was. I think this was also early days of Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, she lost her job because of it. I mean, it, it went viral. People like retweeted it and called her out and, um, and then her employer fired her. I mean, this is a, like that. So it does happen to normal people too, you yeah, know? I guess you're right. Yeah. I don't remember what her name was. I remember hearing that story. I think that was also 2012 or 2011. Somewhere it must've been amplified by someone who had a large following though. Right. Well, or just the kind of Twitter algorithm that, you know, some things just go big. Right. You know, it would be interesting to know of a cancel culture before social media. Right, because uh, before before we had the ability to just throw anything we wanted online or th- have it live somewhere where masses could see it, I wonder if there was some kind of cancel culture before that. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's a major, major enabling factor to all sides of this is that prevalence of the online platform and the huge audience and immediacy and overwhelming amount of reaction from all sides that that allows for i think more and more to your question nate i think it becomes very interestingly much less of a massively charged and enveloping thing if you take away that platform and you still use that's where you go back to those instances more like what you were mentioning with if you accidentally screw up and say something, the people around you and close to you have a chance to come to you on a level that perhaps harkens to the approach Evan was giving us earlier, where you're one human being talking to another with all those inherent commonalities shared, and you can have that more intimate conversation about it and an attempted understanding that does not get bombarded with this mass input. I mean, who knows how that ends and case to case. And if it's 
on the whole, if things are allowed to exist in that environment that are more exposed and therefore not allowed to sort of fester because we have the internet platform and all the modern connectivity to bring those to attention. What are what are the ups and downs to it is a big complex discussion, but right. Yeah. So I guess how do we if if cancel culture has shifted from trying from the idea of trying to help people change how do we and and it's shifted to the what just kind of adding to this separation of of sides of left and right how do we rein it in and and get people to understand on a grander scale because obviously like evan said earlier the like it would be great to have these one-on-one conversations to talk to people but when it's as as big of a scale as it is now where now gina carano is fired but now she has this whole new audience with the daily wire how do we get back to this place of understanding and listening and learning from one another so i okay so two things and i think it kind of um makes a point for the previous discussion yes you know there should always be instances where people should be able to make mistakes and learn from them absolutely but the point of cancel culture right is to make sure that when somebody says something so fucked up and so vile that they don't have the opportunity to continue that kind of harassment and hate again right so that is the power of cancel culture and that's what it should be used for right so and maybe there needs to be two different powers in terms of in terms of that um maybe for every everyday people that make maybe a mistake and i and i honestly the problem with cancel would, culture you get you get one or the other you, you okay i'll be more options, right? i'll be more defined yeah if you're someone in power and you and you say something really fucked let's take this um mayor in texas uh what did he tweet the other day? He was like, I'm sick and tired of people asking for handouts when literally people in your city are freezing and they don't have running water. Yes, he should have lost his job. And he did, right? He resigned. And that is, right? And that is great. And that is a, and that is a form of cancel culture where someone in power has said something terrible and in a democratic way that the people should take that version out. Great. If it's a person that is not in a huge amount of power that is an everyday person and they have made like an honest mistake then yeah that would be a greater opportunity for learning or at least that's how i I, see it i i uh i like that um assessment of it evan i think that's really that's a great that's a great kind of metric the i the only problem i see is that and this, I think, honestly speaks to a larger American issue, but um, that there's there's like either, how do I say, either you open the can of worms and you decide that, yes, we are going to cancel people and this is, we're going to, uh, so now there's a line somewhere, right? We have to draw a line, we have to mm-hmm. judge situations and say that was right, that was not right, or, um, or you don't. 
and it seemed, and before I think social media, we didn't, right? right. People got away with things, um, and, but also, like I was saying earlier, there wasn't uh, that kind of um, conversation in our day to day lives. But sure. I think the overall struggle is that there seems to be an American value that, you know what, if it's a difficult can of worms to open and there's no history of us dealing with it in the past, it's better to not open the can of worms. Mm. Um, and I, I'm not sure that that's correct. I know a lot of other countries are like, no, 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 we have to deal with this. Um, and they get it wrong sometimes, um, but they deal with it. Whereas I think the American response sometimes is, well, that's a really difficult problem. So actually, we're not going to deal with it. Um, yeah. And, you know, freedom and liberty and blah, blah, blah. But we're not going to deal with it. Um, so yeah. And what I'm hoping for then is that if we start to move towards more of like, okay, like shit, like we need to deal with this. Um, yeah, it's, you're right. It's not going to be like a black and white. Like there's not going to be a definitive line of being like, okay, this person needs to be cultured. Okay, this person needs to have time to learn. Um, right. But what I'm hoping for and what is kind of what I'm hoping is a positive takeaway from this is that society evolves over time, right? And we saw this for like what Jacob said with like with Harry Potter. Like when it initially came out, people didn't really raise a lot of issues with it, except for some of the Christian communities that said it was like demonic. Yeah. Yeah, you don't need to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but over time, right, we've become much more self and socially conscious and so what i'm hoping for over time is that we as a society are going to grow to be more equitable and more conscious um and not only the instances of cancelings will go down but knowing um in that kind of gray area of like oh okay so how do you respond in this type of situation um will become a lot more um common sense I like, I like it. And perhaps along with that, we need a public space for like a public, like, you know how Oprah did all of her great interviews with people like, you know, people who had cheated or like Lance, I'm thinking of Lance Armstrong, but um, like people who had done like horrible things. And like you watch the Oprah interview and she's like, she gets, she, she's kind of amazing in a way. Cause she like gets them to just be open about it and then they have a conversation and then at the end of it you kind of think better of both of them you're like wow that was like that was actually constructive and i think maybe everybody learned you know so maybe we need more more of a public space for that kind of thing maybe, is oprah still doing shit maybe we gotta get her back on the air <laughs> that would be great especially if it was open to not celebrities as well right right like, you know like it, <laughs> those those people have the power they're gonna find some source of uh outreach that will want their story there should be those public spaces for for everyday people yeah i agree yeah and with that i think something that that really exemplifies is the presence or recognition of a huge and, and cross-sectional bunch of the population who share a common recognition of someone or something that is a respected ideal, be it in, in the moral sense or as sort of a 
societal common point that we can all point to and say, yes, we, we all agree with that, and we can work together to hold a some sort of common frame of reference that will allow for these civil conversations and learning therefrom. And in effect, if, if you're starting to draw lines through what's what's okay, what's not, you have to have a certain threshold of recognition of the authority who's doing the line drawing. Otherwise, people can continue to disregard that and say, oh, well, that's, I don't have to listen to that. I'm going to go live in my own half of things. So, With Sam, can I, can I, can I kind of put you on, just, on that just a little bit? Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because it, if we are getting our news sources and our realities from, you know, you know, if we want to put into politics, two ex extremely different sources, right? Mm -hmm. That's turning into that our realities and that our baselines are not the same. Mm -hmm. How do you then go about it? Because if we can't even agree on a, on a threshold of authority, what is there to build off of? Right. That that is the big question right now, as I see it, for a lot of things. Is that how how do you even begin to reconcile these two sides that have grown so far apart and have all but completely eroded these spaces of middle ground that can serve as theaters for these discussions? Hmm. And I I wish I had a good answer for you. I. <laughs> I, I <laughs> I'm not sure where you start. There's there's a there's an end point of that start that is in itself a new beginning to branch forward from, but getting to that point is something I think we all are still trying to figure out how to how to do. And some yeah, people seem uninterested in doing even that, which makes it all the more difficult. Yeah, to go off and, that, what you just said, uninterested in doing, I think a lot of it has to do with uh, the fact that there is a political side that's an enabler and that's allowing us to continue or allowing people to continue to be racist and continue to say whatever they want to say because it's our freedom to do that. And I think the side that that wants that to be uh, – I just, I just feel like as long as there is a political party that says we're allowed to do whatever we want and say whatever we want and we're American because of that – it's going to be completely and utterly polarized and we're never, ever going to be able to fix the situation. Right. And that, that goes right back into what we were discussing earlier and what Owen was mentioning about how politics now is the, the game that we all play all the time and it didn't used to be that way. And I think, Nate, what you've gestured to there is a segment of society who has said, okay, if you want to speak in these ways and be bombastic and potentially hurtful to others and, and not regard that we will defend that in the political arena for you and give you sort of a quote-unquote legitimacy and something to say well these people say it's okay so i'm gonna keep doing it and you're more and american because you're saying that like i feel right right you would... i feel because i don't say whatever uh, everyone else says or whatever that i'm less of an american or i'm less of a patriot i'm less of a person in our society in america because uh because i don't just say whatever i i try to think about things that aren't going to hurt people and i try to think before i say things right 
But right. because I do I mean, that, I'm less of an American. That's, that's the, thing. the they, problem. Right. That's a big part of it. And you see this in other places, not, not to sidetrack us here, but just to mention briefly, that was one of the tactics in the whole most recent Catalan independence referendum was, oh, you're, you're a good Catalan, you're a good American, you are patriotic, we'll steal that label for our side. And if you don't follow us, we're going to exclude you from that label. And, yeah. Maybe just like for context and as a disclaimer for, for those that may be listening, we are six white guys in our early 20s. Right. And <laughs> um That's why we're on a so, podcast. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so when we talk about cancel culture, we're coming at it from um our own experiences and these different realms of privilege that we um uh live in, right? And so I think it might just not not just us, but maybe just anyone that is having these conversations about cancel culture um, to really think about when these statements are made, um, the people that they're affecting and trying to live in that kind of experience. Yeah. And most mm -hmm. of, most of what I say, uh, I, I completely understand that there is implicit bias within my own words because of my lived experiences and the, the person I am and the color of my skin and everything. And I think that's important to acknowledge as well. Mm -hmm. mm. Absolutely. Yeah. I was going to say the same similar thing. Yeah. Um, not only is it good to let uh, everybody, Hey key, uh, listening. Um, uh, but also that, uh, it's good for us to know, like, man, we're just six idiots talking about some shit, right. and uh, <laughs> we don't know, we don't know what we're talking about. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> there's we're not, there's no, together. there's no assignment at the end of the podcast. There's no lecture <laughs> here. Um, yeah, that's not to take too much of an academic bent, but uh, there's a good, probably partially well remembered by me paraphrasing of. Socrates, I think, that says, I, I have wisdom in that I know what it is that I do not know. Yes. And just to be able to acknowledge what it is that you yourself don't have the authentic perspective on, to say that I know there's more out there, is an important thing, I think. There, there, is, there is an interesting thing, and completely non-academic, like, uh, that uh, offshoot from what Sam was talking about, um, uh, Elijah Hall, one of the best things I remember him telling me, he was like, full straight face, man, I absolutely hate old people. They're just so racist. <laughs> and <laughs> something, <laughs> something that I've always thought about is eventually we'll, we'll be older and I'll with not with without even realizing I'll probably be racist and that's no 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 <laughs> no no, I'm, I'm no, no, no no you will probably say things that aren't uh with the times or with the language it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be racist it just means that somebody thinks that you're going to say you're saying something that's offensive 
Well, so a good example is uh, when I was uh, dating Alex, who's uh, Chinese, and I, I brought them to both my sets of my grandparents. Uh, They're both like, oh, she's an Oriental. And that was totally accepted back then. But it's... that was their that was their language, and yes, it, now it would be racist, right? Yeah, oh yes. But has yeah, anyone yeah, ever no, definitely them, is. have have you ever told them that that's not what how uh how, yes what you think? Yeah. yeah, yeah. We we talked about it. Um, but, but after or before the conversation? After. And, and and how did they receive it? Huh. Okay. And and did it happen that again was, in the same fashion? Tough. Uh, no, I wasn't dating her anymore. <laughs> That's unfortunate. You probably should have continued dating so you could actually end uh, this conversation with us knowing what happens. But, <laughs> but I mean, uh, that that is something that I, I worry. It's it's a two separate things. I'm worried that with cancel culture, we won't have um, the right basis to even have those conversations. And the other thing is, I'm wondering if it's, uh, and this is very controversial to say, I'm wondering if it's making our culture a lot more sensitive beyond what it should be. I don't think we're at that point yet. Mm -hmm. But there would be some people who would argue that we're past that point. But Mm -hmm. I I think that you're not giving yourself enough credit because you're what, 24 now, 23 now? The the type of thinking and the the and, the and the sensitivity that you have to other people, it won't change when you're seventy. You'll still be maybe you don't say the right thing, but you'll still have that same compassion. You'll say have that same uh, empathy or sympathy, uh, and you'll be able to change your manner. You're not going to be a an, an old person say I'm going to say whatever I want to say because I'm old. I just don't <laughs> believe that that's the truth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> If you carry that open-mindedness and willingness to learn, that you cultivate now and, and going forth, that's mm-hmm. that is the antidote. Which isn't extent. a crutch for you to be racist. That's not what I'm saying. I just don't believe, <laughs> right? I'm just trying. I'm going to I'm gonna bring this up. Like fifty years from now, you, you <laughs> told me that I'm. <laughs> I'm trying to defend the fact that you said it, when you're older, you're going to be racist. And I, I don't think that's unintentionally. Okay. And that's important to say, but the problem now, and I don't want to end the conversation with this, but the problem now is that context is huge. And a lot yeah. of people who are being canceled are being canceled because of things that they've said that potentially have been pulled out of context, potentially. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That's just something else to consider. I, yeah, I, yeah, I think that potentially is is a really pulling a whole bandwagon behind it. Um, I'm more yeah. so thinking about the potentially part when the right the right attacks the left. There's a lot of context that is lost when the right attacks the left for things uh, that they try to bring into conversations. I, I at least in well, my experience, sure. I'm I'm seeing that, which is uh, a complete yeah. hypocrisy, but. They have to attack somehow, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Well, and that—that that was the original criticism of cancel culture: is that um, it becomes political, and it's not 
it's no longer it's no longer like a thing that can be used to get rid of people who um are bad for society but now it's just a weapon to fight against the guy who's wearing the opposite color tie yep uh, mm-hmm. uh thank you all for uh indulging me in that conversation <laughs> it, it it can be a trip i mean indulging is the wrong wrong word but uh this this <laughs> i can feed be... off of this <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i am full now uh but yeah th- this can be a, a tricky subject especially for uh six dum-dums like us uh because it, c- it can sound like we're as we're discussing cancel culture we're talking about the these people saying these horrible things and we're just dismissing it but i think we we walk that that line and and acknowledge that these people make mistakes but but just addressing how we are able to move forward with having these people who do and say horrible things and uh trying to talk about how we can uh help them learn from them so uh thank you all for and us learn right part of this conversation is is us learning as well yeah we don't have the answers yes and we all yes. know that it's, it's just it's just us. Uh, like I said, just six dum dums figuring it all out together. So, yeah, join us on our magical fucking journey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, seamless transition. Last call. <laughs> oh, who's uh who's got something fun that they did this week? Well, I'm drinking beer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, I got one for you. Uh, so I went to the Cape uh, with Maddie for Valentine's Day. Um, and I will say, yeah, oh, yeah. Well, that's what the Cape is, is kinky. Kinky Cape Cod. Kinky Cape Cod. That's Cape Cod that you would love. What they call it down here, up here, uh, around here. Do you think... Do you think when flat earthers do they they don't say around the globe? Do they say across the globe? Is that what they say? (laughs) (laughs) Or across the surface? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways, um, uh, (laughs) so uh, yeah, we went to the Cape. Uh, We went down to Sandwich, Massachusetts, and uh, had ourselves a couple of beers on the canal. Top. We went out to a nice little restaurant, uh, had some seafood, got your clam chowder. I actually didn't have any <laughs> clam chowder. But, um, yeah, we went down to Wellfleet, which is a beautiful little town. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Wicked and, beautiful. Uh, God, it was gorgeous, hon. Let me tell you. <laughs> uh, and we went on a little hike and uh, saw the ocean. And let me tell you. Um, you know, all of those like smells and sounds and, uh, you know, all of the little indicators in your mind that tell you, ah, we're at the beach and this is the ocean, man, none of that shit is around in the winter. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we walked along the beach and it was like, it was dead calm. I mean, it was the bay too. So, you know, it's, it's a lot calmer than the open ocean, but uh, there was like a little bit of wind, a little bit of rain coming in, so it was overcast. There wasn't even any sun. Um, no birds, 
No Sounds fish. like Maine in the summer. Hey, shut the up. <laughs> <laughs> that, that has a distinct smell, though, Maine. Oh, that's true. I'm missing all Yeah. Well, I'll say this, and uh, man, it's been like two weeks. I can't really smell anything, and I've had this lasting no. cough. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, anyways, <laughs> I'm totally joke. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, uh, but uh, no, it's it was a beautiful little hike. Uh, got my shoes nice and sandy, and um, I recommend it for anybody. Uh, the, it was actually quite peaceful, and for all of my jokes. Um, Man, there is something really just uh, serotonin-inducing about the ocean, um, yeah, and yeah. it makes you feel good. That's awesome. So Great I recommend I recommend it to everybody. Well, <laughs> Owen, when we when we all come up to Maine, we'll have like we'll, we'll have like a Valentine's romantic weekend. Yeah. Yes. There we go. We'll wait until yes. it rains a little, and we'll wait till it's cold, and we'll go out for a walk. No, but I oh, feel we'll you. make it happen. I feel you. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. So to go off of the ocean. Um. Yeah, I have some news for this week. Um. Literally, uh, about two hours before our call, um, I got into grad school. Hey! Oh, oh my gosh! Hey. Tell us where. Yeah. Uh. So I got accepted to the University of Delaware. Wow. Hey, shout wow. out. That's so exciting. Nice. You know, so it's with uh it's it's a physical oceanography program. Um and the project I I would be on is either studying like ice flow um like ice shelf melts in Antarctica or like the physical drivers of penguin ecology uh in antarctica i'm not really sure but it's gonna be like cold <laughs> cold oceanography which is, <laughs> Serotonin, not what i was saying <laughs> yeah uh and so you're starting this coming fall uh yeah i haven't i haven't accepted yet um but uh yeah yeah i would start in august <laughs> Gotcha. Well, congratulations. Wow. Yeah, congratulations. Congrats. Hey, Evan, I know of a place kind of near me that hires people with physical oceanography degrees. Oh, yeah? Um, Oh, yeah. I think I might have heard of one or two of those places up there. They seem seem known. Yeah, it's something like, yeah, it's like Boner uh, Chasm or something, Massachusetts. (laughs) What now? (laughs) Uh, Woods Woods Hole. That's right. That's oh, right. Yeah, Woods Hole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> say, don't look that up online, folks. <laughs> Go to www. Boner chasm. Boner chasm. I don't even want to get into that. I don't know what that means. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So I'm gonna go to grad school at Boner Chasm. Everybody, I'll see you there. That's, so that's really cool. Yeah. For you. So otherwise, yeah, I'll be hanging out in DC and, until August. So uh, come visit. And and where are you living in DC again? What street is it? And what number? <laughs> <laughs> that was the funniest thing when we had to bleep out when you told us your address. I laughed so hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no shame. No shame at all. No <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it? See or. Go ahead, Jake. I went sledding. Oh yeah! Yay! Yay. Yay. Nice. This was like the the craziest. Well, it wasn't even snowfall, so we got 
I think it was like three or four inches of straight sleet. Yeah. And it, it, yeah, it, it was the strangest, strangest feeling walking on top of it because it, it didn't squish down like snow would. It just pushed away from your feet. Whoa. And I, I don't know how else. I think that's the best way to describe it. It was uh, like putting your foot in a, a bucket full of marbles. <laughs> these really really small marbles <laughs> whoa dude wow <laughs> put your foot in the ball pit. really small balls <laughs> yeah uh, but sledding uh, on it was awesome it was insane i was uh uh sledding with my niece who's less than two years old and we were just pushing her down this hill and she was just plopped in she was crying the whole time <laughs> no, she, no the most hilarious thing about it is while she was going down she would scoop up the the ice and just start munching on it oh yeah uh, <laughs> but yeah i i completely destroyed my hands going down because I, I wasn't wearing any gloves Ooh. oh and my it's just like putting putting your hands in like a <laughs> putting your in hands like a in a bucket marble. Yeah, bucket full of uh, razor blades. <laughs> Marbles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they're they're just bleeding. It was bad. Nice, but it's fun. I just imagine the like two trails of blood down the snow from your hands. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I was, I was trying to stop myself the entire way, and it just didn't work. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. That's nice. fun, dude. I'm so happy you did that too. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, I would be a little remiss not to include this now after Evan's topic, but in a similar vein, I have heard back recently from Penn State and American universities. Oh, yes. Hey. 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 Cool. Hey. 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 We shall see it. We'll see what the financial numbers come back like but i'll let you live in my I have options you need to stay in sam, sam hey, I there know we go. i'm biased um but dc is a really cool place and american yeah. is a cool place i also don't want to yeah. be biased, but the program is really nice boy nate works over at penn state so yeah but nate is pete Buttigieg your neighbor no i didn't think so <laughs> Wait a minute, wait a minute. Evan, is Pete Buttigieg your neighbor? Your neighbor? Yes. Thank you. Yes, I walked past him and Chaston walking their dog like last week. No. Oh, shit. Wow. Right. There you go. Well, I walked past my neighbors this past week. <laughs> I saw my neighbors uh, starting a fire in the the trunk of their, in their truck. House. In their house is uh, burnt. Yeah, they they just had a a fire in the bed of their truck, and I saw from oh. outside the window. So take that, Pete Buttigieg. Well, <laughs> supposedly on my next door neighbor app, we had a Harrison Ford sighting in my neighborhood. Whoa! So, your, your next door neighbor app? Yeah, it's it's basically just a he lives in a bougie uh, area. A yeah, neighborhood. where they you know talk about the black people walking through the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> the neighborhood kind of like watch thing and uh it's it's basically everybody just railing on others it's see i told you oh that's yeah. good for society you know? <laughs> yeah 
I'm glad people have that outlet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, awesome. Uh, well, I guess just to, to wrap it up, uh, I mean, we'll, we won't get too into it because we talked about it last week, but first episode of Write That Down, uh, podcast by Nate and myself about uh, being creative and stuff is out now on uh, Spotify and other places that you listen to podcasts. So give it a listen. Woo, Let do us it. know what you think. <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. Every uh, Thursday, I think they'll come out in the morning. Yeah. There was there was a moment in that first episode where you like took a break, um, and it was just like, hey, like if you want to get in touch with us, like here's our email and here's our contact information, and like I don't know why, but it was that I don't know, just like that vision where I was like, oh shit, like they like made like a, a really professional thing like, oh, <laughs> shit, like, what are we doing Damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm gonna <laughs> ask you to only contact me through that email from now on please okay. <laughs> <laughs> speaking, of which, speaking of which uh jacob we should really have some more uh, folks reaching out to us on the brew crew i mean this show is about the people for the people oh sure yeah Mm-hmm. So, uh, Sam Worley, it's your job to set up a <laughs> email. <laughs> Actually, we have an email. Do we? Do we really? Yeah, because we because we had to make it uh, when we were uh, uh. starting it up in the first place. We'll have All to right. find it. We we can I'll mention it next it. time. I I believe I believe it's base the number two Drew Crew at Gmail. Mm-hmm. We'll have to get back and and clarify in the description below. Yeah, yeah. That's send awesome. us. Yeah. Send us in the topics that you want us to talk about, and uh, <laughs> and we'll do them. And correct us if you think anything we've said is completely wrong. In our inbox, we'll pull up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're just going to have to do an entire hour of correcting ourselves. That's right. Yeah. You know, and I'm okay with that. And if Both you have are... any corrections, keep it to yourself. no jacob no bad (laughs) what did we just talk about (laughs) uh wow well my goal this week was to try to get us back under an hour and i failed miserably uh (laughs) but uh but i think we had some good conversations so i'll say it was worth it yeah Yeah. all right forward to next week Uh, Thanks, everybody, for joining me, and thanks for listening. Uh, Until next time, cheers, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.